I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. We are three super fans and best friends, and each week we watch an episode and discuss. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with serious illness and disability and racism. So if those are topics you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet May and Marjorie. Marjorie is May's daughter and married to Dennis Chivers. May and Marjorie run a hair salon and live above the business. Marjorie and Dennis have two little girls and Marjorie is at the end of her third pregnancy. Val is at the salon getting her hair done when Marjorie goes into labor, but it is Lucille who comes to deliver the baby. May is rude to Lucille from the beginning but after Marjorie suffers a serious stroke a few days after giving birth, May is angry at everyone and takes it out on Lucille at the clinic. Dennis has been pushed out of his marriage by May as well, and it's Lucille and Dennis who have to take charge in order for the family to start working together again. Sister Winifred is teaching her mothercraft class and meets Janet Romaine. She is married to Alan and proudly tells the other women in class that he wants to be involved in everything relating to birth and early parenthood. Sister Winifred gets special approval for husbands to join the class, but Alan expresses some doubts to Janet about attending the birth. Sister Winifred talks to him, and as it happens, Janet goes into labor while she is with Alan at the football practice. He tries to get her to the maternity home, but the baby comes quickly, and Sister Winifred makes it just in time to deliver the little girl in the back of Alan's van. Last, Trixie works hard on a dinner date with Christopher that goes a bit wrong, and the Turners welcome an au pair from Hungary, much to Timothy's delight. Well done. Okay. I think we should say up front, Jen might get a few names wrong, because we've recorded the synopsis. I want to say that today's episode was a lol fest. I thought the lines that were given were amazing. And I think the <laughs> underlying theme here is men are disappointing. And we can talk about that later. <laughs> I, I saw I saw the episode pop up on my feed and I just didn't have enough time this morning before we started this to listen. But I am going to be listening today as I'll be in the kitchen all day baking. And I'm very excited to laugh with us again. And we know we laughed the first time, so. Can we quickly talk about Christopher and Trixie? Because I'm so disappointed in Christopher. Like, at the start, I really liked him, but I'm really going off it. Yeah, he bummed me out this time. I just, I don't know. I wasn't feeling it with him this time. Well, what, no, what, what put you off him? Because Trixie and Christopher have spent the day with Alexandra. And oh, I didn't have that part. I didn't have that part. It was the point where he said to her, I love spending time with you. Because he put the emphasis on love because he wanted to basically her? get her alone no he's oh. basically he doesn't want to say i love you but if he thinks if he puts the emphasis on the word love she'll be like oh we must book a hotel yeah, but did you notice he said trying to get together again he said come on yeah. we spend some time loan time together again he said 
I'm taking it that they have done it. And oh, he walks a bit more. see, I, I, I didn't. Oh, this. Oh, I'm bummed. I missed the scene actually because I wish I could have seen that because I didn't have any of that part of it. All I had was the part where she was reading the book about like home homemaking or something. Home like management. That. And then, yeah, and Phyllis was like, "What the heck are you reading?" And she's like, "Ooh, wouldn't I just? Ooh, well, I just I'm interested in things now or whatever." And Phyllis was like, "Okay," but then I didn't. I just assumed like they just went on their weekend, but I, but they didn't give any context for it. But then I did clock it when at the dinner he said, "Oh, it's all right, my love," or something, and I was like, "Oh." Like, wait a minute. Are yeah, we when she gave him the grapefruit and... surprise, the surprise was it was really burnt. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's saying love a lot, but not actually saying I love you. And I think it's just to get her into bed. Yeah, same. Same. Oh, so you don't think they've already gone for their weekend? Well, I, I do. Clock, I didn't pick that up. So I do think she has, they obviously have stayed because I didn't clock that he'd said again. And I rewound but... it. I rewound it to make sure and she de- he depo did. But I just think, and that's obviously one of your deleted scenes, Jen, but he's just yeah. saying love a lot, but not actually saying I love you to trick her into being thinking that that's where it's going. But he just is a typical Do you think he's like really tricking her though? Or do you think he's just... Or is he just a disappointing man, which is the theme of this episode? <laughs> well, the part, that, the part that annoyed me was something like, was when she made the surprise. And, I, and the thing is, like, there's no way on earth that Trixie only made a grapefruit with a maraschino cherry on top of it as like their whole dinner. So I was like, well, listen, babe, like you got you 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 misjudge the That's you know it. sugar sh- sugar burning on the on the grill or whatever like that. But like, what else did you make for dinner? Like, obviously, you didn't just make a grown man and yourself like a half of a grapefruit. So, but the scene cut away like really quick, and she was like, oh, I'm sorry, it's not great. And he's like, well, listen, like listen, my love, like I I everything you do is wonderful or whatever. And if if push comes to shove, like we'll eat jam on toast and i'll make it i thought of us last week or the other week before with the (laughs) peanut butter yeah but i was like but i was like but just the way this is what he said like oh like we'll make we'll have we'll have bread on jam on bread and i'll make it like i felt i don't know it just tweaked like something inside of me that just made me feel like a kind of way about him and it just felt very condescending and i'm like look she's a very smart woman like this is not an issue of you know like oh she's not capable or whatever and also what happens if the rest of the meal is delicious like sure it didn't have a strong start like and i don't know why you would even serve that for like eating dinner yeah, at six o'clock at night. I don't, I hadn't, it was such a weird one. I but I was just thought about the whole rest of the meal. I think it was just supposed to be this comic thing. Well, it was supposed, I mean, the, the fact that she said surprise also just like really had me like lolling because this was such the height of trying to be so fancy with everything. And it just, it just makes me laugh, you know, like where it's like, oh, like, cause we, you know, like if you go back in time, it's a lot of like, you know, evening hors d'oeuvres and like canapes and volivants and, you know, oh, we're going to make like a cucumber on a, on some cream cheese and a piece of toast like this whole presentation and everything and it just I don't know she did have her pashmina on again though did you notice that I did I did they are hiding a pregnancy so intensely at this point yeah and also I did like the scene with her and Val about her and Christopher where she Uh was reading the book again the home management book and Val was like what are you doing there and she was like well we're getting along splendidly and then Val was like oh just when it was going so well when she was saying she was going to cook for it I really love Val I think she was like oh I'm really happy for you I just think Val's really amazing Val's very sweet she's very supportive should we talk about Marjorie Chivers because I just think let's finish on the remains because the remains is more of a light-hearted storyline I think yes. so. she's not Chivers, is she? May's a cow. May Stanton, <laughs> she is a cow. Her daughter's got it right. Do you know oh, as well? The, the thing that gets me is my grandma was Marjorie. And in my these mom. days, oh. Do you know, I really loved the name Pearl when I had my daughter. My husband was like, no. But Marjorie means Pearl. Oh, oh. I didn't know that. That's a very yeah. interesting fact. Yeah. So, you know, my dreams were. I didn't actually like it as much as the name of Chivers, but that's not the point. Uh, but yeah, so this made me think <laughs> about the fact that my grandma was around that age that she was like you know you don't really meet a lot of marjories now do you no No, it's not really a very common name so we meet marjorie and may may the cow because val Mm. goes to get a haircut i love that scene with val looking at the different haircut like beehives and stuff weren't they (laughs) and then what she actually picks was like hilarious i just was it's another it's another situation when Violet came into it where no one's ever been to the haberdashers, but now everybody's at the haberdashers. Everybody's yeah. getting their head on this episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So true. Exactly. Well, I and I love- May is a harsh, horrible, big racist. 
Well, now she is, she is, but she's also just mean to almost everybody because she's terrible to Dennis. She's yeah. not even particularly nice to Val because Val says to Lucille, like, watch out, the mother's really going to be a pain in your butt no matter what. And that was before you even had any hint that, like... Well, her, her exact line was, the biggest complication is likely to be the mother. She's a bit of a character. I thought, flipping it, that, that is the nicest way you can say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, she is definitely racist to Lucille 100%, but, like, it's not, I mean, it's not really, it's, it's not like she was nice to everybody else and then had a problem with Lucille. Like, she was really terrible. She was horrible. Well, there was a scene, actually, where Marge was like, it's not because you're coloured. She's a bit of a cow to everyone. Yeah, exactly. Marjorie literally says that. Yeah, But she really did latch on to the fact that you're not from around here. And I just thought, oh, she was just absolutely awful. She was terrible. So anyway, Val gets a haircut. The minute Lucille walked in, she interrupted May making a racist comment. Well, exactly. So, but but let's start with the context. So Val goes in, gets a haircut. She went to school with Marjorie, so she's friends with her, Marge. And Marge is heavy, heavy pregnant, doing someone's hair. And then she's like, oh, it took me three days to have to give birth to those two over there. The, these two little girls who were like six and three in a in like a baby prison. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like one of the girls is like a foot taller than it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like she could literally just step right out of it if she wanted to. She was so much bigger. Yeah. So um, she was like, oh, yeah, I, it took three days. I'll carry on with my women tonight. And then she started getting really bad pains. So Val was like, Come on, chick, let's get you upstairs. I'll ring at Nanata's house. So she rang Lucille, got her to come. Yes, Becky's just said the scene where May was just basically being a big racist when Lucille walked in. Yeah. And then it was actually a very realistic birth, though, wasn't it? Because she was proper screaming and shouting. I was exactly the same. Yeah. Um, but so she was shouting for Dennis and May, the cow, the mum, was like, well, he's not going to help you. He got you into this mess. And uh... <laughs> But you know what? You know oh, what we poor Dennis. Oh, he's Dennis. so lovely as well. Dennis was so cute. He was I mean, like, he, he does seem a bit hapless, but he doesn't deserve May's wrath. He looks like if a cartoon came to life. Like, he's the most, <laughs> like... <laughs> He's the most, like, cutie. You're the actor high, who plays like... Dennis. You don't like it, but you do a bit. <laughs> I'm not saying it a bad way. Dennis was absolutely adorable, but like he just like his smile, the way that like he was just like mm, like he just he just his whole look was just kind of like like in a very cute way, but like very cartoony. But the thing is, is that Marjorie, like what you realize very quickly, which is going to become a problem later on, is that Marjorie is a good damper to her mother, you know, because yeah. she's like, don't listen to her, like you're fine, I'm doing great, like you know, she's like, oh, she's just an old cow, like you know, she loves she loves people, but she's just really horrible, you know, like she really like tamps may down a lot and then people well, can kind of so get I'd, on with it let's, so right so yeah. um val's there and now lucille's there and val is really good at getting may out the way she's like come and have a cup of tea you know mm-hmm. get out of the way let lucille get on with the job so lucille gets on with the job at hand which is the birth and val yeah. goes and hangs around with horrible may and they're talking about oh i never met mr is it stanton never met mr, yeah. Stanton. mr. stanton yeah he yeah off she was like a shrap. Yeah, 23 years ago, he left to go to the cinema. Was it the Blitz that took him? No, the Usherette. Just lols. <laughs> absolutely lols. And, then, and I so don't anyway, blame it. No, I know. I know, she's awful. So anyway, so she has a little boy, and obviously she's got two girls already. And May, the cow, about her own grandson's like, it's a boy, we don't do boys. Really angry and awful. And he's just like, what? And then Dennis comes yeah. in and he goes, it doesn't get much better than that, than this, does it, girl? And it was really, really cute. And I was like, oh, oh. Dennis was adorable. He went, he like, he like had the two little girls in his arms and he was like, this is what we've been dreaming of. Like, isn't it so great? And he like wants to hold the baby. He's such a sweet husband. He's such a sweet husband. Oh, yeah, but he's a bit wet lettucey, isn't he? <laughs> Well, he's he's sweet, but he's not. I mean, he has to come. He he has a lot of work to do in this episode. He has a lot of character building to do in this episode, and that's that's a key part of the storyline. Well, I'll just say Dennis is a sweet husband, but he has a lot of character building to do in this episode, and that's a key part of it. So yeah, yeah. So well, what so, happens next? So they carry on. Everything's fine. They have this little baby boy. It's really lovely. And May was basically saying that Lucille's not a proper midwife before anything, before the next thing happened. And Val yeah. dealt with it like a boss. She's she like, well, I heard she was a librarian before she came here. And Val was like, yes, she was. And then she came here for just, four years. I just think, how can you look down your nose at a librarian? You know, but I think she's saying she's not a proper midwife. Like, you know, she hasn't yeah. got training. So Val's like, well, she has. Then she trained for four years to be a midwife. And now she's got working as a midwife. She is a proper midwife. 
go away. The way Val dealt with it was fantastic. She was really, well, really clear but harsh, as, as harsh as May would be. But also, did you clock how she how she said, you know, we didn't have enough we didn't have enough medical personnel to take care of our own, so we asked people from other from the she didn't say the Commonwealth, but she's like, but we asked basically for people to come and help us. And Lucille like took up the call and she came here and she trained and now she's pitching in for the for all of us, you know, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I mean, she didn't, I didn't say it eloquently, but the idea was like, we needed help and she came to help. And so like step off all the way off about your attitude against her. Cause she's a perfectly good midwife, as good as any of the rest of us. And it doesn't matter where she came from or what she looks like. Exactly. Chill. Lovely. Sierra. Yeah. We touched on this last week about the Windrush generation and it wasn't just the health service. that they, So there were post-war labor shortages. So that's why Lucille has come across. So it's not just the health service, it's the transport system. So London Underground, buses, Rail networks, postal system, mm-hmm. factory. So it's across all areas. It's rebuilding the economy. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's a very cool time. I mean, we've seen actually other couples on the show and other other characters on the show who are who are not maybe part of the exact same scheme, but like, but do seem to be part of this same cohort. And do you guys remember the one? Oh, this story was so sad. But the couple where the husband was a bus driver and the lady yes. had the undiagnosed twins. Yeah. 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 April and Terrence Jr. Yeah. I, but yeah, just to say, the thing is, we'd never experienced a character that was with Lucille's positionality in terms of the show. We'd always experienced it as, yeah, so you know, was- patients who had gotten, you know, something. Yeah. And then the midwives were always very loving and caring of them. But now we're seeing Lucille deal with that kind of prejudice from her side of it, which was, which I thought was handled very well. And and I was curious how they were going to deal with it. And I was, I was kind of, I was impressed with how they dealt with it. Well, just, then, to, go back to, just to go back to Marjorie and May and everything, first just so we can get a bit of context and then we can go into the Lucille bit okay so Marjorie's husband Dennis brings her carnations because she says they had them at a wedding yeah April wedding and then bam she says she has a really bad head and she starts to have a stroke Lucille comes back the next day to do her checks on Marjorie Val's dropped over because she's bought a mum's knitted and a cardigan for the baby so she's bought a baby present so Lucille is with Marjorie Val's up there Lucille comments that Marjorie's blood pressure is really high and then all of a sudden as she's checking her blood pressure again she then gets a really bad headache and she basically suffers a stroke and she says she's gonna throw up yeah but what oh uh, but Val thought it was a post Val rings an ambulance she thinks it's postnatal eclampsia but Lucille is actually the one that notices the signs and actually thinks it's a stroke straight off which they do say is extremely rare because Phyllis says in all her time dealing with new mothers she's never encountered somebody who's suffered a stroke yeah and also I such think... a young age wasn't she like 25 yeah. And yeah and i think even dr turner says like oh my god this is so shocking like all of them talk about the fact that there's no way you could have predicted it there's no reason to think that this ever would have happened to her there was no history of it like all of them were completely taken off guard by it and that you know i mean obviously may and dennis are totally flummoxed but you know every all the medical professionals are totally like shocked and bless her because lucille i know she she could never have anticipated the fact that she was going to have a stroke, but she'd clocked that her blood pressure was high and she was checking it again. So she was aware that something was going on with her. And she yeah. checked for edema, which was not present, which is why she thought that, which is why she thought that it wasn't the eclampsia and guessed, well, guessed accurately, but I think still kind of made an assessment that it was a stroke. And actually we know that edema is a symptom of it because, okay, take your minds all the way back. Do you remember Margaret? I can't remember her last name, but the lady who was married to the guy who was older and a musician. Yes. And she had eclampsia, but prenatal eclampsia before the baby came and one of the nurses was very concerned about her swollen legs remember and then she kind of was like well 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 whatever and like didn't take it very seriously and then had very horrible outcome but so anyway the edema is something we have heard before as a symptom of that so marjorie gets rushed to hospital in an ambulance they go and may on form as usual says to dennis she's just absolutely awful she was like well dennis wasn't there when the ambulance no so she gets to the hospital and So he's like, what's going on? They'll only speak to the next of kin and I've told them that's me. She's Which, just by the awful. Way, I'm sorry. I don't know about British law, but if you're married, you are next of kin. So she was really out of line when she said that. And I just thought, yeah. oh, that really made me mad, honestly. I was like starting to really, I was already not feeling May, but I kind of was trying to like have sympathy for her because I thought she's very classic case of like hurt people, hurt people. You know, she's obviously yeah. been traumatized. She obviously has like really been through the ringer. She's been a single mom, like in a very tough time to be a single mom, trying to run 
her own business, like blah blah blah. But I'm like, and do you think you way stepped over the line, way way way? And do you think that's why? Because her husband walked out on her. Do you think that's why she's so awful to Dennis? Because like he is so supportive. Oh, absolutely. And that her husband wasn't. Well, she's yeah. she's she's just pushing Dennis to leave, basically. Like she, like if she, like if Dennis had been like, you know what, screw this, I'm out of here. She'd have been like, see, exactly like I thought. You know what I mean? Like she's just waiting for herself to be disappointed by him, and she's like making it like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like you know, she's yeah. pushing him away and making it really hard for him. And then if he went, then she would be like, well, there you go. That's what men do. You know, kind of a thing. That's how I took it anyway. But do you know what? Seen I really hate it. So. Marjorie right. gets discharged and Lucille's going to go and it's, when I say discharged, she's for home care. She, she can't do anything herself yet. Yeah. And she goes back to the flat and there's loads of crowd, like a crowd of people just watching her. Well, and also those horrible ladies gossiping literally in the hairdressing chairs. I know. About the fact that it's May's fault that Marjorie had the stroke because she made her work during her pregnancy and like br- breathe in all the chemicals from the hair and everything. I just was like, that's a horrible thing to say, literally in someone's own house about them. I just thought that was so mean. I wish Violet had kind of said more about that, like shut it down or whatever. But then, you know, well, at the start, you could you could tell that Val was, was disappointed because she did say, oh, I'm sure you're going to tell me. Yeah. But then the minute she said it is because she worked to so say she's like oh really yeah, yeah she was. she's like oh my god i know i know um, do you recognize the girl who plays marjorie by the way no so she was in hollyoaks no. for a while she's she's done loads of stuff over i thought she was a great actress thought so she did a brilliant job but she she's married really to someone job. famous in real life she's um, i don't know if you all know this person jen i don't know if they were on the x factor or pop idol or whatever when uh when you were here but Shane Ward is she? Yeah, she's married to him in real life. They've got two kids, a girl. I think it's Willow and a boy, Rain. Oh, Becky's actually googling this right now because she doesn't believe me. Yeah, yeah. But I'm right. That name sounds very, very vaguely familiar, but I don't, I don't have a context for who that is actually. Yeah, well, he was on Carrie as well. He was brilliant. Yeah, and just to say, like for context, Marjorie's stroke has left her with a really significant disability. She does not have a lot of speech. Her whole left side is pretty paralyzed you know she she's well she can't really take care of her daily living you know like no. or hold the baby and things like that she can she can hold the baby with one arm but yeah but she's not, not, not she can't look after the baby on her own Right. She can't take care of the baby on her own. So 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 May steps in to take care of her and basically throws Dennis's pajamas from his bed and is like, you're out of here. I'm going to be in here tonight and like every night so that I can, you know, like take care of Marjorie. And it just takes so Dennis it. Is, She's like, okay. Yeah. He's like, well, oh, I don't know. And then he goes down to the sofa and he, he, he looks really distressed. But at the same time, like then Lucille comes after she's done a checkup and gotten rebuked by May. Okay. So May takes the baby and the two little girls to the clinic for a checkup and when Lucille goes over to say hi to them and then she reaches out and touches the baby May pulls away and she starts making really terrible comments about Lucille and how she's the reason this all happened and she's not from here and stuff like that Valerie comes over and is like stop talking don't say anymore Dr. Turner is like what's going on here and then May doubles down and is like I'll say whatever I want and I want everyone to hear and then she basically blasts you know, Lucille, and she's like, if this is the National Health Service, I don't want any part of it. And then she takes yeah, the girls publicly, and goes out. Publicly. Yeah, like publicly. Like, like, yeah, they try to get her to kind of calm down and step to the side, but she, but she just even goes harder and then she like makes a huge scene in front of everybody and Lucille is so upset and embarrassed and like it was terrible and everybody else was embarrassed for her and you could see the moms sitting there including a couple of you know black moms who were like looking really you know upset about the whole thing because obviously yeah. it's traumatizing for them too to witness yeah. that and then everybody feels bad and so then Lucille is you know so Phyllis comes to Lucille and says listen sister Julie and I have talked and we we this is really like we don't want you to have to go back there because it's just really upsetting and we don't want you to be upset and like that's not fair you know and Lucille says well you know you don't really get to decide what's upsetting to me like I'll be the judge of that sister Julianne with respect and I like Miss Sister Julianne was like well normally when someone says that it's going to be impertinent she was like well I must be frank (laughs) it was amazing (laughs) she's like well you decided this is impertinent or not but I'm going to say what I'm going to say and she says basically like if I don't go back there it looks like that you agree with her and that you don't think I should be taking care of you know these babies and I don't think I don't think that that's right and sister Julian is like well listen like if 
you know, like, okay, I, I, if I respect your feelings, if that's what you want to do, like, you can go back. And so then she does go back and has a really nice scene with May, which I've been talking for a while, so I'll let you girls say what happens when she goes back. Well, just but... before that scene with May, her and Val actually had a really touching scene as well. Yeah. Oh, they I'm, did, they I'm, did. I'm glad Val did this because she actually, because at the start when they talked about May, I felt like, because, I mean, she was an awful woman, but I felt that they dismissed some of the racism at the start as in, oh, she's a bit of a character. So I'm actually glad that Val spoke up and kind of said, oh, I'm embarrassed and ashamed for how she's spoken to you. Yeah, and it was a really gorgeous scene. I really do like these two as well. I really like Val, I really like Lucille. I think Lucille is so as well as being really intelligent, is very emotionally intelligent as well. Mm-hmm. And she shows that in lots of ways. But then, so then Lucille went into the salon, like basically a public addressing to May after after, after she'd been publicly addressed. And instead yeah. of making it this vengeance thing, like she could have done or been awful or what this, she was, mm-hmm. oh, she was so lovely. And basically was like, you know, I, I want to address some rumours that I've heard that this has happened because she's been working here and it's not because of that. And, you know, she was just absolutely amazing and kind of like in solidarity with May and kind of earned May's respect when May didn't deserve it, let's be honest. Well, she says, she says, listen, it's not my fault that Marjorie had the stroke and it's not your fault either. And yeah. anybody who thinks that they know better than every medical professional who's had you know work with marjorie since this happened should basically stop right now because they don't know what they're talking about and she says it like really you know and she doesn't like look at anyone specifically but you could tell like the withering of like the women getting their hair fried off of their head in the background was happening like for real so then they go upstairs and may is kind of a bit not not less cold she's a lot less cold she's a lot warmer to it and she said do you miss your mom and she says, of course. Can I just say the acting by by Lucille there, the only who plays Lucille, was amazing. When she said, of course, her face. Oh, honestly, I nearly cried at just that one little bit of acting. I was like, yeah, oh, I felt I felt it. Then. Yeah. Also, I have to say, I would have loved going to that hair salon. I'd have been in there every day because <laughs> while Marjorie's upstairs suffering, everybody's just coming in and taking it turns holding the baby. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been hanging around holding the baby. I would have been been like, I'm back for a blow dry. (laughs) You could have walked (laughs) off with that baby and no one would have noticed for like hours. Oh my gosh, can you imagine if there was a salon where you could go and hold a baby every time you got your hair done? You know, mine sometimes, they've got a dog, Stanley the dog, he's so lovely, but yeah operations so they had to look after him all the time so this dog stanley and he comes and sits on your lap and he's gorgeous there's a lovely scene after this with dennis who's well i say lovely the baby's screaming crying and dennis is like not even wanting to go near and being like may will come in and she'll sort it i don't want to be told i'm doing it wrong and lucille's a bit like what are you doing come dennis come on all together yeah yeah so then they show them so they then cut to a scene Wait. where they go to an oc- occupational therapy center for marjorie and dennis yeah. is all like excited by it thinking it's really good and may's like if this is your hope dr turner i'd hate to see your despair dead against it no she's not going anywhere but he can see yeah he's just absolutely miserable she's miserable just in the four walls yeah she has made some improvements because i mean small but she is starting to get her language back yeah but i I just feel for marjorie because she's just basically i mean she's just left in bed all day turned every so often yeah well and you can tell that she wants to give her mom kind of the what for like she always did but she doesn't have the ability to do it because she can't speak or express herself so you can see that she's really trapped in her body which is a terrible it just is very yeah and lucille is very she's also seeing this lucille Mm -hmm. sees that she wants to get out lucille's like come on dennis so then she goes and ambushes him at work did you like his overalls oh my god i did i like his overalls do you even have to ask me that question but wait (laughs) i want a pair of those i oh girls and for our listeners who probably are not interested in this i went thrifting yesterday with my mom and you're acting like we are (laughs) 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 and i was we were in a thrift store and i was like oh my god i need to look for overalls i had a quick peruse i couldn't find any i didn't really do a deep dive because you know you have to sort but i really 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 want to find a pair of like just big baggy saggy like overalls so i can i can wear them like fred every weekend i literally would live in those that would be my saturday uniform i would just i would die but anyways but just just to say about dennis though he does say something i think contextually very important to lucille which is in our marriage marjorie always kind of did everything like she she did everything, but she also he doesn't say man of the house, but she was kind of the boss. And so he taken over lovely. Yeah. And so he kind of he did his part. He's a good husband, but he kind of was going along. He used you know to take in the back seat, isn't he? 
yeah, yeah. so he doesn't really have the experience of kind of taking charge and that's where he falls short because now he doesn't really know how and and so anyway so then marjorie goes to him at, so then lucille goes to him at work and what happens so he took charge and he rang dr turner and he says mm-hmm. she starts the classes on monday he speaks to may and he says i'm grateful for everything you've done mate i really am but i am the man of the house i mean it sorry no i'm not sorry this is how it's going to be now me, Marge, the kids and you all working through this and we will get through it. If she needs someone in the night, then I will be here as I am her husband and hands her her pyjamas back or a night or whatever back. Yeah. I think the bed Someone else has slept in there. But that's by the by. <laughs> and then I, I wrote, it. inject it into my veins. <laughs> I love the bit where he spoke, like basically stood up to it, then quickly apologised because he realised yeah. what he said and then was like, no, no, I'm not sorry. Yeah. And he just he walks in, takes the baby off by- Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Isla takes the girls upstairs. It was just, it was perfect. It was. I love when he says, come on, girls, let's go see mummy. And then he just, and like. But she'd been hidden away. I feel like May was a bit like not wanting there to be this spectacle. But actually, she's not, she's thinking yeah. about what other people are thinking and not actually what Marjorie's thinking. So then they showed her having her hair done and she was happy. They showed her, there's yeah. a line that old Jenny said, the longest pass lead to sunlight when they are paved with love. And she was actually in the sunlight. Like she'd actually just been stuck in this flat. But now she's outside having a walk and you don't, yeah. you know, realize how important that is. But actually, it really was important to her. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a line that Sister Winifred says to Alan, Janet's husband. But I thought it was a real good connection to May and Marjorie's storyline which is it's often the things that have hurt us in our past that inform our present and that to me was exactly what May's issue was the whole time the fact that she had had certain life experiences that had like deeply upset her traumatized her given her like a really thick skin or you know huge wall built up around her and now she's acting like this and it really took a number of people breaking those walls down for her to actually be able to go forward and it was really sweet at the end how they said that they you know like it was obviously you know marjorie had a really serious you know disability and everything but they were able to be like a healthy happy family ultimately and that she did thrive under her mother and husband's care is what i took from it that she like recovered to a certain place to be able to do better the other thing i really liked was val sorting out a lush meal for lucille then from home oh Oh, that was so sweet oh my god that was so sweet and it was the same moms who were in clinic the day that may yelled at lucille that turned up for her you know and they brought like Um, tons of food like a whole table full of food i would have loved that before we move on can i just talk about sister monica joan and lucille's friendship because it's so sweet but you said about Lucille being really emotionally intelligent. Like she's the only person, it seems, at Nanata's house that has spotted that Sister Monica Joan is having problems with her eyesight. Yes. Oh, Also, she was there making, like Sister Monica Joan, that was a really nice scene between them two because obviously they've got the books in common. And yeah. she, she can see that Sister Monica Joan's getting a bit desolate, not desolate, but that's, that's quite a harsh word. She's getting a bit there's something's not right and she was saying with experience hope dims and she can see that she's having a wobble and I just think she's there being like do you want me to keep you company and she's like oh okay thinking that Lucille needs company SMJ is but actually she sees that Sister Monica Joan needs it so she's you know I just think it's nice they could rely on each other there I thought it was lovely yeah and did you did you clock Sister Monica Joan she says what cannot be changed must be endured I thought how true yeah so should we move on to Alan and Janet remain yes (sighs) Sister Winifred is doing a mothercraft class 
as with everything, she's really enthusiastic about all of the extracurricular stuff, none of the actual gritty midwifery <laughs> stuff. Those woolly boobs, by the way, were, let me just tell you a story adorable. Really quick before we start. So no, they weren't adorable, they were rank. I went to an <laughs> NCT class and the woman was this like new age wait say what say what nct is national children i can't remember what nct stands for well what what was it for though what is like why were you going to an nct class like Um, were you pregnant at the time it was before yeah yeah so it's a national childbirth trust so it's this weird thing they do they do free ones in the nhs but we couldn't get on it was dead late so i was already late for signing up for this one so it's like an antenatal class thing but you go and it's you and your husband usually and you go to this thing or partner or whatever who's having a baby with you and you go and you meet all the other partners and I hated it because the woman we had was like this hippie dippy she had these woolly boobs and she was trying to show you stuff about breastfeeding but nothing actually useful and the first half of it was just her basically trying to get you to get to know the other couples I'm like I don't I'm not here for friends I'm here to learn about babies and having babies and it was just absolutely (laughs) awful she was just like I just remember offending this girl because she had gestational diabetes or whatever and I was like said that to the crowd and she was like I didn't want everyone to know I was like why have you told me just awful it was just awful and it was oh anyway at lunchtime we had, we'd learned nothing and we paid like loads of money to be on this course at lunchtime I was like I don't want to do this I felt really sick I was like I want to go home so we lied and said that we had to go and do something we had to go we had to go and, she, and I was like oh we're going to go to the shop and then I was just going to go and she was like oh I want to go to the shop do you know where it is like well follow you in the car and I was like oh god you're kidding it was like a sitcom so she joined us like <laughs> it was just so awful and then my husband was like well, there's been an emergency we've got to go and we left but it was just absolutely awful. Those boobs <laughs> just reminded me. So if Sister Winifred, you're rubbish. Sister Winifred's class was essentially the forerunner to the class that Alex went to. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, true. And you do see a lot with this episode. It's a lot more men starting to get more involved with wives. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, they, yeah, they were a lot more caring about it. Whereas it used to be like, I'm off to work. You might have the baby today. Ciao. Mm-hmm. I did love that Sister Winifred thinks that they should open it up to husbands. And I felt they then asked Sister Monica Jane what her opinion of it was. And I think they asked Sister Monica Jane because they assumed that she was going to be against it. But actually, she was very progressive. She was. She was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, did you not think Janet? Also, I thought her name was Jane at first. Jane Remain. I loved it. But then it was Janet. It was boring. <laughs> Janet was all like, oh, yeah, Alan is a coach of Fairbright under 16s. He likes to keep himself fit. Nothing wrong with being married to him. Any prouder. She was just actually a bit horrible and gloaty at first. Yeah, it's like a fine line between. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't kind of, I didn't, I thought she was just, I mean, the thing is she said that she said to him, she's like, or she said to Winifred something like, oh, you know, his mother says like, we're soppy, you know, like we always want to do everything together. We're just like, so in love that, you know, we're kind of like sickening and I, and she kind of owned it. And so I, you know, I don't know. I it didn't, it didn't bother me. I felt like the other women were kind of mean to her about it. They were like, well, of course your husband's going to like, you're going to say that or whatever, but you know, whatever you'd married some jerk just like the rest of us. <laughs> And then he, he, does come, got he does come along to the following week's Mothercraft class. And it's the only yeah. one who does, actually. Yeah, but then Janet goes a step further because she suggests that Alan is going to be at the birth itself, which panics Alan. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I really wanted to do all that. Hold on a second. He's like, and then, I mean, I, admittedly, like, I, I liked Alan, but he gave the worst excuse on earth, which is like, I really wanted to go watch a football match. And it's just like, no. And oh, and oh, my but God. It's also the way he's in, my- I don't think it's something I'd enjoy. Would you? Yeah, that, was, that was my favorite bit where he's just like yeah i just i just do think it's something i'm gonna enjoy well, and did she say so- she said something like i don't think i'm gonna enjoy it either but i have to be there something like that well, no, I she doesn't enjoy going that. to his football matches and cutting up the oranges oh, but that's right i still do She's it like- every week also, yeah, I didn't like exactly. the way she was like that showed them just because their husbands aren't worth tuppence. so she was obviously trying to show off that her alan does everything with her and, you know, obviously, does he want to or is he just kind of coerced into it? Yeah. There was a line but in this that was amazing by Nurse Crane. And she says... It's yeah, so this is where, well, this is when Nurse Crane is talking to Sister Winifred and she suggests that Sister Winifred should go and talk to Alan. But um, so, Alex, do you want to... Yeah, Nurse Crane says it's easy to overburden a man. They think they must give the impression of being more substantial than they actually are. Just the writing <laughs> this week, lols. <laughs> Oh man! Well, just a spoiler. I may have I may have clipped that one out for our recap episode. So just make sure you remember that. You know, in eight weeks when we'll we... get there, we'll both be like, "Uh." <laughs> we discover though that the reason that Alan is apprehensive to attend the birth is because he's the oldest of six children. So he's basically 
been traumatized by listening to his mother yeah his child well and he's like, that he's doesn't like, really cut it for me because i'm a bit like well yeah you've heard your mom having a horrible situation with these kids so wouldn't you want to be there for your wife while she's having that horrible situation no that's not that's not always how it works no yeah i don't think that's really how i don't really, i mean some people are that way but some people are absolutely not that way like when they've gone through something scary it doesn't make them want to like some people respond by wanting to then you know be the person that goes in and fixes it and some people are like i just never want to go through that ever ever again and alan was clearly in the latter group i mean the thing that's interesting to me is and again i'll just say that i hadn't really thought about this until well I, this part i hadn't thought about until today but it's a case where there's two marriages where the husband has kind of been kind of going along a little bit yeah and then in the end they both are motivated by either circumstance or a push or whatever it is outside forces to get them to step up and then both of them are actually really glad they did step up and are are, are ready and willing to kind of like keep it going in terms of showing up for their families in a big way and i, I think that's nice i mean it, it, look did we have to kind of drag them there yes we did but that's the history of men and women (laughs) alan was a natural he was he was a bit too coachy so put into context she actually goes into labor when they're at the football match because he's a coach for fair bright under 16 or something so she goes into labor so he has to take her the boys are laughing and i did think that wouldn't happen and then i thought actually it probably would teenage but lads like of course they would laugh they don't know what else to do they're so awkward i just love that scene though where he's trying to get her in the van and she's just shouting alan they have to basically stop because she's gonna give birth there and then in the van yeah she's like, I she's like take off out. my knickers take off my knickers and he's like i can't go down there and she's like it's never bothered before it's how we got into this in the first place <laughs> But so Alan starts basically taking over when with the birth and back. Wait, he, an artist. But then he comes back to the van and like goes and like you know kind of like sits in front of her and looks down and then he's like, oh! be honest, I bet that would be Same. horrific. Like, the thing is, uh, honestly, fair dues to Alan. Like, I know there are people who do that as a profession and they're totally fine with seeing that whole thing coming out and whatever like that. But I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see it if it was, I mean, I wouldn't want to see it with, you know, like if it was my own body doing it. I wouldn't want to see it if it was somebody else's body doing it. Like, no, I, I mean, when his eyes went wide and he was like, oh, I was like, yep, Alan, I'm right there with you. Like, that's a, that's a very intense thing to look I at. I love that when sister, we should say Sister Winifred has taken Nurse Crane's car. Nurse yes. Crane is out on a daily constitutional. Mm-hmm. She's taken her car without permission. Nurse Crane has basically been gatekeeping the car because now that Sister Winifred has passed her test, we knew this was going to happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sister Winifred had the bright idea that she would pass her test, but didn't actually have access to a vehicle. Yeah. And, well, and also, it was really funny because Sister Winifred and, and Phyllis were coming out of the Nanata's house and they're talking about something and she says, oh, well, can I borrow your car? And Phyllis is like, nope. And then they just, and then she's like, oh, okay. And she just walks away. And then she says to Fred, like, oh, you know, I really have to take these over to wherever. I think it's the, I think it's the felt, the fuzzy boobs. And she's like, it'd be really easy if I, I can't take them on the bike because they're too big. So I really need to take a car. Can, can I borrow yours? And he's like, um, no, uh, you know, I've got some errands to run. I'll, I'll take you there myself and drop you off. And she's like, oh, okay. Like, no one wants to have their clutch absolutely reamed out by Sister Winifred as she's, like, driving anywhere. But she so has anyway, to, she has to yeah. abandon the car because the road's been blocked by a car that's broken down. Yeah. And she just, I, she didn't even pull it to the side. She just I know that annoyed it. me. Just pull it to the side. Take the key with you, mate. Well, yeah. lock the car. Didn't you know you were going to come back to it? Like, what the heck? She just That's left the key in there. She just left the keys in it, in the ignition. Yeah. Well, and the irony is, is that the reason why this becomes a problem is because Sergeant Wolf has told Phyllis there's a rife, like, that car theft, you know, epidemic going on in that area. And, you know, I really have to make sure that you're locking up your car appropriately and, like, making sure it's safe. And she's like, I am assur- I assure you, I'm taking every single precaution. And so then when he stumbles upon the car, he writes a ticket and he's like, oh, ha, 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 ha. And then... Oh. And we'll know, talk about that in a minute. But we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So anyway, Sister yeah. Winifred goes to Alan and Janet, and she's mm-hmm. like, "Get." She knocks on the van, and he's like, "Oh, thank God you're here." She's like, "Have you got anything like that we can put the baby in?" He's like, "There's clean strips in the back of the front seat," as in like, and he gets back to the work, and she's like, "No, no I'll, <laughs> you go and get them, mate. I'll look after them, Janet." And he's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, great." So, so then, then they have a little so, girl. Yeah, a little beautiful little girl. Yeah. And then Alan's he's a bit, like overwhelmed. Yeah, but he's totally up for attending the next birth. He's going to be right by her side, and then now. now she's having she's like 
you absolutely won't be by my side. <laughs> She's like, I don't want you anywhere near this ever again. Well, he was a bit of a coach, though. Like, push now. You're doing great. Like, <laughs> he's like, you can do it. Go harder. Like, you know, yeah. It was very, it was very cute. But yeah, so he was actually at the birth, but he wasn't really planning to be at the birth. And then he was like, oh, I'm glad I was at the birth. And she was like, I'm, I'm not glad you were actually. We don't really know the answer was there. <laughs> it was, it was a nice storyline though, because it was, a, it was lighthearted compared to Marjorie's. Yeah. With the racism from May and obviously yeah. the station that Marjorie found herself in. And it's also showing more men at births now. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. it's obviously like my husband, there was no question of whether he was going to be there or not. He's really into medical stuff. He was well into it. It was, ugh, I was the exact opposite. Not well into it. <laughs> Should we like, talk I wish about, I could leave. Should we talk about Sergeant Wolf just while we're on this? Oh, do you know what? Him blowing that whistle made me so angry and then Ugh. I love Nurse Crane being like you'll find the efficacy is reduced with overuse lols like you will find nothing <laughs> amiss I just think she's so amazing with the way she handles it he's such a job's worth isn't he oh but yeah. I think he, I think he's finding an excuse to see her again well that's probably illegal <laughs> because he's not going he's not going to every car owner in Poplar and suggesting they lock up their car and be careful there's probably not that no. many car owners in Poplar back so we might do has he gone to, he's not gone to Fred's Fred's got a van we probably didn't see that scene that was a deleted scene really <laughs> Well, you know, you know what's you know what's funny about these two is that I feel like okay, so I I love rom coms, I love romance novels, like the whole thing. I'm all here for it. I feel like when you have a like enemies to lovers like storyline, you have to kind of have like you know the friction of them you know fighting with each other, like antagonizing each other. But then you also have to have you know the balance of the fact that they obviously have an attraction they want to be around each other to make it kind of work and I don't think that's what's going on here but I'm just saying like I feel like that's what he's going for like I feel like he's kind of trying to be like oh you know it's like tit for tat like we're sparring you know things are happening blah 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 and Phyllis is just like no like can you just leave me alone like she doesn't have like there's not any of that mystery at all she just is like please leave i've got it under control don't bother me like let me just do my work and it's just not it's just not going anywhere and so whenever he tries to like one-up her and in what is you know potentially like well (laughs) you know she's just she's like oh my god can you can we just move on like i'm really not interested and it just it's i think it's gonna be like that until anyways along like we all know what happens down the road but i don't know know what happens because i forgot what happened Well, you'll see what happens back. I really am like, where's this going to go? I don't know. (laughs) Speaking about not knowing about things, should we talk about the new nanny, Magdalena? Oh, we're talking about tropes right there. Yes, definitely. Oh, can I just say I absolutely lulled at this (laughs) This storyline was absolutely amazing. Number one, I was loving (laughs) Sheila's kitchen, the turquoise, absolutely loving it. The the oven in the wall with that. Oh my goodness. I oh I wrote down Sheila's kitchen. I just I wanna I wanna spend a day in Sheila's kitchen so bad. But I didn't understand why it made such a thing of Sheila's kitchen because we've seen her kitchen before. It's not new. Well I think it's just the idea that like she has this whole kitchen and everything and like all she's pulling together in the morning is parge with her hair curled and then Magda comes in and she's making spicy eggs looking like also the kind of second mid now she's got everything sorted they've had the baby they've done the big move she's got everything where she likes it yeah Yeah. she's got this setup that she's happy with now my one of my favorite things was when so sister turner is talking to dr turner sister turner Sheila Turner <laughs> talking to Dr. Turner. Well, Dr. Picking... Turner was hilarious too in this. Oh, role. he was amazing. But she's talking about picking Magda up. So they have this photo of her, and it's really not a flattering photo because she's a gorgeous. It's a terrible girl. like passport yeah. photo. But yeah. it's obviously amazing. And she says she looks, does look rather stern. And and Sheila says, Well, she grew up in a communist country. I doubt that's conducive to a cheerful disposition. Right. <laughs> just lols. As I say, this this episode today was just full of properly good, well delivered, well written lines. Yeah, and because the thing, I mean, the classic thing, right, is that Sheila is, of course, like, oh, I, you know, we want to know pair, but obviously I want someone in there who I'm going to be, like, happy to have in my home all the time. And so Dr. Turner is tasked with picking her up, and he doesn't know what she looks like. And so Sheila's like, oh, well, she's expecting this very kind of, like, drab, gray, you know, woman to show up. And then he waltzes in with this beautiful girl, and he's like, we had the most fascinating conversation, and she's so most interesting. Ref- yeah, but also most refreshing, because obviously yeah. I was, like, intimating that it's not not fascinating her conversations at home well and Sheila's eyes she's just like ah you 
know, like she's just looking at him like so shocked. And immediately Tim is absolutely besotted with her, which was so funny. Well, it made me laugh because also with the jam, she was like, take the jam off you. And he's like, oh, I'm saving it for later. Like a typical <laughs> like, teenage thing. And then Magda comes and he's there wiping it off straight away. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, Sheila was fully on board with getting an au pair. And, and then there's complete role reversal because yeah, it's yeah, idea. and Timothy were absolutely, I mean, they weren't sure about it. But as soon as she arrives, they're like totally on board. Well, in the part with the coffee where she brings her own coffee maker and she makes like, you know, some fancy, you know, because con- she's also traveled the world already because she's, you know, young and so continental and everything. And she brings this coffee and Dr. Turner is like, oh, this is delicious. So much better than what we usually have. And he's like <laughs> having another cup. And Sheila's just like, oh, like her head is swiveling so as but also I like the line where she's like oh Patrick what have I done and he's like I don't know why we didn't get an au pair years ago <laughs> I love the bit where she um comes down and Magda's already up and she says about what Magda's wearing she says to her you're not on the continent now yeah put a cardigan on not on the continent now <laughs> well but Magda like literally already has a full face of makeup her hair is done she's wearing this like really chic like sheath dress you know and everything she's made you know this I don't know what spicy eggs are but okay she's made this like beautiful breakfast Sheila was literally just gonna throw some porridge on the stovetop and call it a day she's in her rollers and everything and you know it's just oh it's just so so funny magda magda's gonna feature prominently bex do you remember what happens to magda i do remember this i do remember i mean okay. mainly because i've seen I've yeah watched mm. i do like magda. more than she's great if you ask me what's she gonna happen sweet. more than one episode ahead i'm i've got no clue <laughs> well you know what i did i think magda is obviously like a, a really good character and the thing that i thought was funny was you know just as sheila is like blanching at the you know the discussion of the coffee not being good enough you know that she makes you hear teddy makes a, like a cry or something like that and she says oh well i've got to go it's it's uh bath time and magda stops her and she's like no no no, that's my job now like i'm doing that like she didn't even wait until she'd been there a whole day like she started like within the same night you know and i and so she really i mean she really is a good to be honest i wouldn't really mind about i wouldn't mind an au pair <laughs> i'll get one i won't care if she's and good teddy, looking <laughs> i just need to say baby teddy is so cute he, he is, is really cute he's adorable and he's at that really chubby kids. stage I know. Yeah. The Turners do have cute, cute kids. They do. Yeah. He's like a full on. I'm going to take Timothy out of that because it's. Because he's yeah. not a child anymore, Dr. Timothy. No. It's inappropriate. Well- the thing is, is that is that we don't see a lot of babies that are at Teddy's stage because all of the babies on the show mostly are like newborn. So they don't when they come out, they're adorable, but they're usually all covered in like gunk. And then, you know, we don't get to see when they're like all fat and squishy later on. Yeah. And true. actually Marjorie's baby, there were a lot of lush little snuffly noises from that baby. Oh, yeah. She was very sweet. Oh. Yeah. Hey. Oh, but also remember how we talked about in the was it the listener special about Timothy's sexuality so yeah well this shows by more than fully gay doesn't it yeah it does to me i think him is questioning so he's already had the what did he what instrument did he start to learn bassoon no musical instrument yeah because he had the crush on susan walters or something i can't remember a name i think it was susan i can't remember a surname. he had the crush now he's got a crush on magda he's like coming home from school early to help her out in the kitchen Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yeah but he's got he's got some he's got some feelings yeah i mean he's off to university in the current series so we'll see how that develops yeah in the new series i watched but this one series 13 that's what i was about to say did you see his hair i did yeah he's he's really going for like full hip hippie hairstyle yeah right should we do heroes and zeros yeah yes heroes and zeros he's going first (laughs) i'll go my hero is gonna be alan Ah, uh, good because choice. Because he I stepped have, up. He stepped up, and unlike Alex, I think he. It's not that he was avoiding it. I think he had a valid reason to be not stepping up, but he did step up. I've explained this very badly, but it's Alan. And then my <laughs> zero. I mean, we've all got to say May's our zero, really, haven't we? I've not yeah. got May. Well, I'm going to say May, but just being a generally, just being a cow. Mm. Yeah, she was awful. Mm-hmm. Jen? Yes, I will go with... Oh, I want to change mine. Okay, you can change it. No, you can't. You've done it. Okay. <laughs> so we've got a mine. It'll be mine that she's taken. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit like 
just uh, you know go a little bit lighthearted this time um my zero is gonna be sister winifred and her like just wacky nutcase behavior this week i mean she did show up for for janet and alan ultimately but thinking you're just gonna borrow someone's car after you basically like reamed out part of it and sent it to the shop and then didn't offer to pay for it and just assume that you were gonna have full access to it whenever you wanted like no 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 i just she needs to kind of like check herself a little bit so also like she she just she leans into like the zaniness and it i mean i do like it but at times it's just like okay you need you need to kind of maybe just chill and be a professional for sometimes and then my zero oh wait that was my zero then my hero is gonna be lucille because i think that she really stood up and like faced something that she probably i i i she said a couple lines about talking to her mom before she left home and knowing that this was going to be something she was probably going to encounter when she got to the uk and i'm sure she's encountered it before now like this there's no way that this is the first time that she's dealt with people who feel this type of way about her and have hurt her feelings in that way but i just felt that she was very brave and very strong and handled her particular situation in a really good way and i wish she'd never had to go through it but I think she found a very compassionate way forward and I give her a lot of credit that was the one I was trying to get Bex not to steal because she was my hero so I will oh, change my sorry. hero it was well, to, to Val because I think okay. Val was great in this episode again she's brilliant I thought the way she dealt with Lucille the way she dealt with May I just think she's fantastic really lovely girl the way she was with Trick. I just think she's really, really sort of the earth I love her. My mm-hmm. zero was May as well, but I'm going to change it just to men. Uh, I think <laughs> <laughs> just uh, always disappointing. That's all we need to say. I'm not you going to elaborate to. on that. You don't need to. You don't yeah. need to. Yeah. Now, also, I want to just do two really quick things. I want to do a shout out to someone on Instagram who, let me just find it, it was Esther who sent us, she sent us a story of Horlicks being an, available now in original tablets. Martin Lewis. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. What? So tablets? Martin Lewis is a famous man over here, and he has just shared on his social media that Horlicks original tablets are, are back. So you just basically put a tablet in a in a cup and then make a milk that way. Make a. It's not a powder, it's a tablet. Yeah. Oh my God, my mind is blown. Oh, uh, wait, yeah. girl, speak, speaking of that Instagram stuff, okay, do you remember the last, okay, remember in the listener special when that lovely lady wrote in and she talked about Unilever archives? Yeah. Yes. It is amazing. I have looked at so many of their posts. It is so good. They've got soap. They've got makeup. They've got household products. They've got advertisements. They've got, it is so, it is a true blast from the past. And it really covers so much of the 20th century in terms of advertising, but especially, you know, really, really old, like vintage to antique ones. You know, it is it is a great Instagram account. I know I've tagged you girls in a couple of their posts so that you could go and see them. I could tag you in so many and I had to stop myself. It is so cool. It, it I love it. I love it. It's a one, It was a wonderful It is amazing. It is amazing. I'll share some through our Instagram. Also, so yeah. we've got another one. I'll, I'll keep it anonymous just in case, but it says, hi from New Zealand. I just wanted to let you know how awesome your podcast is. Mm-hmm. I was just... I was going through maternity leave and rewatched Call the Midwife start to finish, similar to Alex to process the bloody craziness of birth and early postpartum. But when I found you guys, it was awesome. Now I'm able to put my little person to sleep while listening to you guys talk through episodes and point things out I was thinking, make hilarious jokes or get into funny discussions and go off into tangents. That doesn't sound like us. We're always on point. I know we get the episodes for free, as you say. But please say if there's no episode coming out this week, sometimes it's what I wait for on a Sunday night. You guys are doing oh, a great job. I love it. Well, there has been a new episode today and there's going to be in the next few weeks as well, isn't there? So, Oh, yeah. Well, we, we'll we'll announce our breaks a little more. I well, guess, in advance. I, I was thinking when I was doing Heroes and Zeros, because I did the introduction, I do think I said what episode we're discussing. It's Series 7, Episode 3. <laughs> next week it is. <laughs> oh, episode episode two. 2 this week's back. Oh, it was Episode 2, everybody. Well, also, if you don't know that by now, (laughs) that's just funny. But next week, we will be discussing Series 7, Episode 3. Episode 3, yes. We will be back next week. And just to say, we don't have any plans for any more breaks for a good old while. So you can listen along with your little one every week. Oh, that's yeah. so sweet. She said that. I hope it has been making it better for her. I know. Yeah. Also, I know when you're when you have a newborn and you're just on some crazy sleep schedule that doesn't make any sense, and you're trying to find a way to manage it and stuff. So I wish I'd had a podcast like this when when I was like that. I was just I wasn't saying. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I don't even have a baby, but I mean, I'm so grateful to our podcast. I find all time when I, I've listened to it, all kind of crazy life experiences, like when I was moving and everything, and I had so many drives back and forth between my old home and my new place and everything. I just, you know, I was putting on everything to kind of just get me through. And this was a good one. And I made the darn podcast. So I even knew already, but I still <laughs> well, love listening he, to he's it. contributed. Uh, <laughs> actually, speaking about of, the podcast, yeah. if you can listen to the adverts, because we are going to try and get jen over here to do yes. the actual tour so the more adverts you listen to the more revenue that'll give us to do actually do that so that'll be great yeah and, you and can we follow would re- us like us subscribe instagram twitter x facebook YouTube. yeah follow us on all the pl- podcast platforms yeah and, and if you think we're funny well. if you think we're funny like this just imagine if we were all together then we would be so interesting and and hilarious yeah <laughs> <laughs> On that note, see you next week. (laughs) (laughs) See you next week. Bye. Bye. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.